This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. I'm your host, Casey Finey, and this is Creative Conversation, a Fast Company podcast. How's your week been, Casey? Uh, my week has been, does it even feel like a week? I mean, my sense of time is just, it's gone out the window. Yeah, for sure. Day feels like a week, a week feels like a month. It's just everything just feels so stretched out. So good, I guess, is the short answer that I'll tell you. My week <laughs> has been going good. Um, yeah. How's your week been? So far, so good. Um, you know, I'm I'm really uh really inspired by all the 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 movements that have been happening internally um at Fast Company. Uh, I've recently been named to the Diversity Council, so I'm looking forward to uh seeing what change I can help uh, affect internally, you know, and it's great to be a part of an organization that kind of puts their money where their mouth is. Absolutely. And man, that's the thing. This and this whole series that we've been doing, the special series within Creative Conversation is all about change and spotlighting that change and spotlighting the people who are behind that. And this next guest is someone that you flagged. And I feel like, you know, it's only proper that you kind of give her a little bit of an introduction because I'm shocked to say that I didn't really know about her or her company. So tell us a little bit yeah, about Chloe. Chloe Cheyenne. So... She's out of Chicago, Howard graduate, uh, former tech at Google. Um, and I, I don't want to kind of give up the whole story, but, you know, kind of the broad strokes of it is that her father is a survivor of uh, police misconduct and brutality. And after kind of witnessing some other instances of that in the media, she decided to take up that charge and, and you know, fight the good fight in the, the way that she knew how, which was, you know, um, activating her technical education. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think that, you know, the, the future is tech and, you know, this the next uh, level of this battle is going to be fought on that ground. So yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited too that we had this conversation with her when we did especially because when you think about the backlash that a company like facebook is currently experiencing one of the many instances of backlash but this one in particular with its mark zuckerberg's refusal to take down the very incendiary uh comments of you know 45 um shan't speak his name uh and i think it's interesting because you know one thing that i loved about this conversation with chloe is touch was when she touched on the fact of understanding that we need to use tools like facebook like twitter and for organizing but there can be a better way you know and i i think it, this how facebook has conducted itself how mark zuckerberg has conducted itself is really uh given a lot of people understandable pause and wanting to use this platform so i don't know chloe's just she's so dope and community x is a really fascinating project that i hope more people learn about and hopefully they will through this conversation so good looking For out sure. Franz. i'm so glad you flagged this one because she was she was really really cool absolutely I'm, I'm, I'm happy i was able to help well let's get into it then Chloe, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Sure. So thank you, Casey, for having me um, and for giving me a space to, to share more about my work and my family's story. 
Yeah. And, you know, I know, of course, I know a, a lot of your backstory, but for those who don't know, I mean, where does your journey toward activism begin? Originally from Chicago and graduated from Howard School of Business, worked at Google for a few years. And while I was working at Google was when Mike Brown was killed in Ferguson, Missouri. And I had a very personal connection to that because my dad is black and a survivor of an extreme case of police misconduct and brutality that left him permanently handicapped with a bullet still lodged in his spine today. The year before I was born in 89, he was living on the south side of Chicago, getting ready to work one evening heard a loud banging on the door and went to go see what it was. And by the time he got there, the door was off its hinges and a group of plainclothes men had began to raid my grandmother's home and opened fire on my dad over a dozen times, hitting him in his groin area and on his head. And as the men who turned out to be members of the Chicago Police Department further searched my grandmother's townhome, they realized that they had the wrong address and it was a case of mistaken identity. Very similar to what happened to Brianna Taylor, except my dad was, was fortunate enough to survive and doctors told my family he wouldn't make it through the night but operated on him anyways. And in a 72-hour period, he underwent almost 12 operations that ultimately stabilized him and saved his life. Wow. Wow. And so, I mean, how do you take, because unfortunately I feel like this is a story that's all too common. And of course people have different reactions and different uh, ways that they want to find justice or to make sure that this doesn't happen again to another person of color. So for you, how did how did you take that experience of what happened to you and then and what you learned, your knowledge of Google to form something like Community X? Like walk me through that path of how you went from this tragic incident to having a platform like Community X. When I was born, my dad was still learning how to walk again and up until I was eight, we were taking him back and forth to trial where he was fighting for his innocence to stay out of prison because the CPD maintained that he had done something wrong. And so when I saw, you know, when I was sitting at Google HQ in Mountain View and I saw what happened to Mike Brown Jr. and his family, it was devastating and affected me in a way that I still struggle to describe. And my first instinct was that I wanted to be able to connect with other people who shared my passion for justice and, and, and justice reform and figure out if there was a way that collectively we could do something that was meaningful and, and impactful. 
in some sort of way. And so I initially tried to do something at Google and it didn't work out because leadership didn't support it. I never planned to leave my corporate job that I had worked, you know, my entire uh, college career to get. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I never planned to leave that job, but ultimately when I proposed an idea to, to Larry and Sergey, and they essentially just refused to respond to me, uh, and I became like a laughing stock at the company because no one felt like it was appropriate for me to raise that sort of issue with leadership because <laughs> Google isn't a, isn't a justice company. That, that's when I decided that, okay, this needs to be, this needs to be bigger than this. This, I need to put more energy into this. I need to figure out something I can do where no one can tell me no. And so that's what really like launched my, you know, career in the startup space and, and ultimately created Community X was just, you know, my father's experience being deeply tied to what happened to Mike Brown and then trying to do something in Silicon Valley and, you know, white founders, white privileged male founders telling me that it wasn't possible. And so how would you describe Community X for the people who don't know what it is? It launched last year, I believe. So what exactly is it? So Community X is a coalition building platform that allows people to connect with one another locally and globally around common causes and movements. Like the idea behind us creating this mobile app, which really functions around like this core algorithm that says, hey, you're in Chicago, Illinois, and you care about police reform, education reform, politics, and voter registration. And we take that data and then say, okay, based on the things that matter to you, here are other people in your very community and also around the country and around the world that you can instantly connect with and build scalable coalitions and communities with like the the idea behind like the reason why that's so important is because governments and institutions depend on us not being able to sustain momentum in mm. moments like this and right. so we wanted to create a platform that would allow people to do the extremely important work that needs to happen on the ground but then additionally sustain that energy and that momentum and that those massive communities of people so that work can continue past those moments. Mm. And I find it so interesting that you had that response when you brought this to the powers that be at Google. And because now that we see with this particular movement, there's so much support coming, yeah. coming from yeah. brands, these huge companies. And yeah. so for you, I mean, like, how does that feel for you? Because I think that a lot of people are frustrated because this isn't the first time that we've protested. This isn't the first time that we've had this conversation, but now this has just sparked this global outcry, which is great. But at the same time, it understandably has made some people a little wary of, are you just jumping on the bandwagon because everyone else is talking about this? So how do knowing that you kind of had that that experience of working within a large organization and trying to get something like this off the ground through them being rejected and now here we are today how is that for you <laughs> it's a it's a layered experience 
And like, as each day goes by, I'm learning how to deal with it more effectively. You know, I wasn't just told to know at Google, like I was, I was harassed by fellow employees at Google. Like they were creating like memes about me and like sharing them on like listservs internally and like people like, it was like, it was, it was so bad that the, the chief culture officer had to send out a company-wide email addressing it. Like, so yeah, when I look at this now- I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but this is like, you were being harassed because you basically like, hey, we should probably do something about police brutality in this, like, that is mind boggling to me. But then again, it's not, but still it's like, oh man, that is something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like all all I all I did was stand up and say that the state sanctioned murder of black people cannot go on and it was it was it was a huge issue, but anyhow, like so yes, when I look at the responses that are, you know, rolling in from brands across the spectrum now, I do get frustrated. And I think last week was particularly hard for me, and I, I was I was really struggling to 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 find a resolution within myself that I could feel okay with. But there was this moment when I like paused, and I was like, "Well, if I'm frustrated, how frustrated is my dad? And how frustrated is my grandma? And and how frustrated is my great grandma?" And I realized in that moment that this wasn't about me or, or my frustration or all of the energy that I've been over the past six years to get someone to do something. This is, this is about our collective community and us achieving a very specific goal, which you know is to be able to live freely in this country and exercise our unalienable rights to life. And so no matter what I feel, no matter how frustrated me or anyone in, in my family might be because we've been you know speaking loudly into abyss for into an abyss for years um it, it doesn't matter right now because we all need to focus on this common goal so that we can make sure that the members of our community can live their lives the way that that we deserve to day in and day out without having to fear that we're going to be killed by the state this episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. You know, on the flip side of this, if there is such a thing as a flip side in this scenario, you know, as we mentioned, there's a lot, there's so much focus and attention toward this particular moment in this larger movement for racial equality. So for you at, with Community X, how are you leveraging that momentum? What have you been doing in this during this current wave of protests to to really push through and build those communities? I would love to just hear a little bit about what you've been doing lately with Community X uh, during this particular time. Yeah, so one of the things that really struck me in the past couple of weeks as far as corporate response goes is that uh, Mark Zuckerberg refused to take down content from our president that explicitly stated 
when looting starts, the shooting starts Mm -hmm. and had some, you know, bogus reason as to why it wasn't a direct violation, uh, an insanely specific and direct violation of his, you know, terms of service for, for Facebook and Instagram. And so one of the things that we're doing in response to that is coordinating a Facebook and Instagram boycott. And through that boycott, we'll be very explicitly um, stating the sort of infractions, data infractions, privacy infractions that um, Facebook and Instagram have committed, really explaining to people why it really doesn't make sense for us with as long given as long as we've waited for these moments right now to be happening to at the same time be sharing all of our precious data on who we are and where we're marching and what you know policies we're demanding and what we're focused on right now in this moment with the very company that's working with a president that doesn't care about us and the sanctity of our lives like that dynamic just doesn't make sense and so this boycott will will really be focused on raising awareness around how important our data and our privacy is especially in this moment and sharing with people the fact that community x is a platform that now exists and and will respect all of the things that facebook and instagram don't yeah and i find that so interesting because it's exactly what you said in, in that, you know, we are using these platforms, specifically Facebook, obviously, which owns Instagram as well. We're using these platforms to get the message out to organize. But at the same time, we've seen the response from Zuckerberg. I mean, this isn't this isn't anything new. Me personally, I was surprised that he had that attitude because he's been very, <laughs> for lack of a better term, very um, milk toast <laughs> toward uh, dealing with with the president. So, for you, I mean, how are you reconciling with this idea of social media being used as a very effective and powerful tool for organizing, for getting information out there, but then also this this other side of it where there is questions of motives from the top and and where they really where their intentions lie in this overall conversation i I think in a dream scenario it'd be great if everyone can sort of migrate right onto community x and have these sort of conversations but as the company is growing and as you're you know you are migrating more people and kind of in the here and now i mean like how are you reconciling with criticizing the people at the top of these platforms but also recognizing that it's important to have them to get the word out there to organize to mobilize yeah i think we as a people have had to to use whatever tools and resources have been available us to us for centuries Mm -hmm. you know whether that was like using you know underground infrastructure to be able to you know escape plantations and like migrate up north or whether that means having to use you know mark zuckerberg's platform to raise awareness around a march and so i get it like for for centuries we've just had to use whatever is available to us and i like 
I hold no resentment against people for, for, for using, you know, what's available. I think, you know, it makes sense. And just from my standpoint, we're just going to, you know, continue to help people understand that there are better options that, you know, the way I look at it, if community X was scaled by January of this year and we had enough people on the platform using it and engaging, then would we have had to wait until May to find out that Ahmad Arbery was murdered? Like, yeah. Facebook and Instagram, sure, they're effective, but we still, they've been around for decades and we still had to wait months yeah. to find out that that Ahmad and Brianna had been killed. And so like, it's really just about like pushing technology to the next level, like, and understanding that yes, like until now we've had to use what's available to us, but this is the moment where we build a tool for ourselves that actually does exactly what we need it to do and not just accepting the bare minimum anymore. Right. And one thing that I love is and it's it's hard to love because you have to think about the circumstances, but there's been so much passion and fervor for people demanding not only for immediate justice, but for, you know, breaking this cycle of systemic oppression. And I know that there's a lot of people who feel incredibly inspired now more than ever to do something. And for someone like you who you did something, you know, you had, you had a, you had a personal reason, but then also, you know, the, the, the murder of Mike Brown was really your, your flashpoint in a way. And I know there's a lot of people who are trying to figure out what to do with their anger and frustration and passion and turn it into something. And so what would be your advice on how to do that? Like, how do you, how, in what ways, what are some of those very practical first steps that someone can take to turn everything that they're feeling now into something like community X, whether it's, whether it's an app, whether it's, you know, a website, whether, whatever it is, I guess like what, knowing that you have this experience in this area, what are some of those practical steps that people can do to turn their passion and frustration into something tangible? Yeah. I think, you know, for me, when I was, at Google trying to figure out like what I was going to do and how I was going to respond. I really just, you know, reflected on the experiences that, that I've had through, throughout my life. And, you know, two of the, the main patterns that, that I, you know, noticed was that like one social justice has been an important part of, of my life since, like I said, before I was born and two, so has technology, like throughout high school and college, you know, I interned, then I got the full-time offer. And so I took a moment to step back and say, okay, given these two things that I know really well, like how can I intersect them in order to be able to make a difference? Given these two things that I know really well, what pain points do I experience personally? What pain points do people in my community experience? And how can these two things address that? Just having like those really, you know, rational and honest conversations with yourself about what do you know well 
and and what sort of what sort of pain are you experiencing what sort of roadblocks are you experiencing and really just trying to marry those two things together in order to develop something that makes sense for me it that didn't that wasn't a conversation that happened like in 48 hours or even like you know four months like it was it was something that was was ongoing and that i had to develop over time and you know as you said last year we launched so it's just been an ongoing process and i think you know again just being really just trying in a really emotional moment to take a step back and be practical and be rational and really understand what the facts are um, and what your experience is and, and how you can, you know, use that to mold something that makes sense. Nice. Great. Well, I think that's all I have for you, Chloe. I really appreciate it. This was, oh man, you, you, you spoke so much truth <laughs> because that there's just a bit about Google is something that I, it's, has, it's, there's a lot of conflict, honestly, that I feel in terms of everybody being so vocal and speaking out because it's great it's great and you know i think it adds that overall amplification of voices but at the same time it's is that gonna is that are you still gonna have that same energy once in like a couple of months in like maybe in a year so i i do feel like that's something that i'm very i'm very curious to see how people within these companies are gonna kind of hold the the gatekeepers feet to the fire a bit and say you know like hey remember what you said back in june back in may like are we still doing that in you know january of 2021 so yeah it's i'm sorry you went through that that is horrendous but listen you've got community x now you got your own thing so i think and you're doing really great work so i hats off to you thank you so much i really appreciate it Thanks for listening to Creative Conversation. Be sure to subscribe to Creative Conversation wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. We always love hearing your feedback. I'm your host, Casey Finey.